Know this, our King of Kings died as Lamb of God and rose again. He covered our sin, he covered our death, and he's not done. Wow. Powerful time. Man, we are called to worship. We are called to make it all about Jesus Christ. And it isn't just about there and then. It starts here and now. May we live our lives for the greatness of Jesus Christ. Ready? And all of God's people said, man, his glory. May we lift him up. And that's why we're here. We're actually in a series right now called Abide. And we're learning what it is to take time to drink deep of life with Christ to understand what it is to draw life from him and to live with him and for him. And it's a huge deal. You can see we've got the cross up behind us that we put up at the beginning of this series as we're going to walk through all year long. And man, it's more than just an empty cross. Yes, he died for us. Yes, he is risen again. Our sin is covered. There is victory over death. Praise be to God. But it's more than just an empty cross. You see the vine in it as well. We can draw life from him here and now and forevermore, life with Jesus Christ. Man, that's where we're headed. May we learn to abide with him. And so in this series, we've been walking through the different follow me statements within the Gospel of John. There's seven of them, very fitting, right? And there's seven follow me's. And so we're going through each of those moments where Jesus was saying, follow me. Here's what it'll look like. And we've been talking about the heart of the one that follows and the actions of the one that follows being able to go after Christ with all you've got, that humble servant heart, making sure that he gets lifted up. And now today, as we're looking at the next follow me in line, we're talking about the one who has eternity in hand. His name is Jesus Christ. So turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 13, starting in verse 36. John 13, starting in verse 36, as we get going after it here. And point number one, prepare Prepare to follow Jesus into heaven, a privilege that is saved for later. Prepare to follow Jesus into heaven, a privilege that is saved for later, right? That's not the here and now moment. That's the there and then moment. Heaven, eternity with our God, celebrating him and worshiping him in all that he is. So as we get going here, John chapter 13, starting in verse 36, it says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Let's just hold right there. So as we pick this up, and always when you jump into a passage, right, make sure you know the context. And so we're in John 13, and, and so we have already covered John 10 and John 12. We're pretty close to all of that. We're in the back end of Jesus' ministry, the three years of his ministry. We're actually right in the week of a Passover week. We're coming to the night before Jesus going into being taken prisoner and ultimately being crucified. And so this is a huge moment. There's a lot of weight on Jesus. Jesus in the midst of this. He's feeling the weight of it. There's been a celebration of him as the Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, right? The Messiah who is coming. That just happened earlier in the week where everybody's like, this is the one. He's going to make it happen. He's going to take over his king. And they are so right about that. They just had the wrong timing. 
first Lamb of God going to the cross, and they were missing that part of it. And so that's already happened. And now Jesus is actually making it clear with the disciples some things that are going on. In fact, he's like, man, it's, gonna t- it's time for you guys to understand, I'm going away. Like, I'm actually going to have to die and rise again. I'm going to ascend into the heavens and be with the Father. And so he took time to make sure they understood some things. He took time to wash the disciples' feet. Like, this is what a servant heart looks like. I'm handing the baton to you. You're going after it. So your job is going to be to carry the church forward. That's really what he was saying to them. And he's like, servant heart, humble to the core, willing to wash another's feet in the Middle Eastern culture. That's a huge deal, by the way, right? In our culture, it's a pretty huge deal already. But in the Middle Eastern culture, it is a huge deal to be washing someone's feet is the most submissive you can be to that person. And and so cleansing the feet there and making some comment. And then he says, by the way, one of you is going to betray me. Can you imagine hearing that? There's 12 of you who have been walking with Jesus. And he says, one of you is going to betray him. And you're like, well, it's not me. You start looking around, right? You're like, and you're backing up a little, like, it, it's not me, who is this? And they're looking around, and can you imagine Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray him, what's going through his heart at this moment? You know, how dare you call me out, or you think you know what, whatever's going on, we don't know, but Jesus making this massive thunderous statement, why? He's preparing his disciples for what's to come. Heads up, it's gonna be different. I'm taking off. You're going to have one of you turn away, submission and humbleness in the midst. I am going away. That's what he said up to this point. That's where we're picking it up. So here we go. It says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? That's a pretty fair question, right? He's like, I'm going where you can't go. Like for the last three years, everywhere you went, we went with you. Which city would you choose to go to that all of a sudden we can't go with you? What do you mean? Where are you going? It's bold. It's brazen. He's stepping forward just in true Peter style, but he's like, I'm sorry, I got to ask. Huh? Like, what, where are you going? I don't get it. Like, that's what's happening. So Peter steps up and answers. Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Imagine you're Peter, and that's the answer you've been given. And you're like, yeah, I still don't know where you're going. Right? That's a fair response. It's like, I'm trying to get it. I, okay, you're going to go first. I'm going to go later. Why? What's happening here as he's speaking about it? Jesus is like, I'm going to go now. Like, he's going to be ascending into the heavens. You're going to come afterwards. Like, and the death or in the rapture that happens for each of us, if you have trusted Christ, that is when we will ascend to the heavens. Where's Jesus going? To that place. And he's like, hang on. He's talking about heaven here. Everybody say heaven. That's what he's talking about. And they're trying to catch up with him and figure out as he's not just saying it outright. So Peter said to him, why can I not follow you now? Right? Notice he's trying to work it through. He's like, look, I'm going now. You're not going to be able to come now. Why not? 
why can't I follow you now? Notice, by the way, he says, I. That's kind of a good Peter moment right there. He's like, why can't I follow you? Look, I don't know about all these guys, but why can't I follow you now? How come I can't go after you? And and then he's like, listen, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. Like, I don't know about these other 11 guys. One of them is apparently even going to turn away from you. Dude, that's not me. I'll lay down my life for you. I'm willing to go after it with all, I don't know about these morons, but I'm in with you. Will you see that? And Peter's stepping aside and he's like, I, I'd lay my my life down for you, Lord. And know this, Peter has seen Jesus do miracles. Peter has seen Jesus speak and the lame walk. He's seen him touch and the blind see. He's seen the dead raised. He has seen miracles and thunderous power. And when Christ speaks, lives are changed. He's like, I'm in with that. What Peter doesn't realize is what's coming next is the opposite side. Christ going to the cross, him dying on the cross, it looking like everything crumbles. Peter thinks that's the ushering in of the kingdom. And it is, but a whole different kind. Peter thinks it's the ushering in of Jesus as king over all, and he's like, I'll follow you through any of that. But hang on, because it's going to turn very dark and very hard in just a few hours. We're in the night of when Jesus is going to be taken, and Peter's like, I'd lay down my life for you as miracle worker. And Jesus answered him and said, will you lay down your life for me? Like, are you sure, Peter? Peter? Man, you got to understand that and picture that interaction. Like, Jesus, I'd lay down my life for you. And they're standing close together, and he goes, will you? Will you lay down your life for me? Hang on. There has to be a moment where Peter hears the question, and in fact, remember, they've been told one of them will betray him. The others may have even heard in that, ooh, is Peter the betrayer? Like, what's... There's a lot of confusion going on as they're trying to work out what's happening. Man, so often we think we're in with Christ, we're ready to go after it, and then we just start to back off for some reason. Something happens in our life, right? And so I just wrote this down. Three reasons we stumble when following Jesus. Three reasons we stumble when following Jesus, all right? First one, uh, we're too self-focused. This is a huge cause to our stumbling. We're like, either like, dude, I am awesome. Like, don't worry, I got this. Like, we lean on ourselves too much. Or, or maybe the other side, we're like, I am too horrible. Like, shame on me, I'm a terrible person. But too self-focused. We're either thinking great of ourselves or horrible of ourselves. And either way, we wipe ourselves out from following Christ. Too self-focused. Now, in Peter's case, he was definitely... Uh, Like, big me, small God, right? He was very self-focused, and he's like, I've got this. I'm going to hang in there. I'm fine, right? That's one that can cause massive problems in following Christ faithfully and consistently. What can cause us to stumble? Just too self-focused. Second one, uh, too comfort-driven. Too comfort-driven. Like, man, it has to be easy, Peter's like, listen, I'm going to follow you anywhere. I mean, I've seen blind see and lame walk and dead raised and I'm in. And, and he's, he's seeing all the, the great things and the miracle things and the, really the comfort things along the way as Jesus has done those. And he's like, I'm in with that. And how often are we like, Jesus, I'm in. 
as long as it's soft and easy. Like, you're not going to ask me to go through something hard now, are you? Right? And careful. We can end up too comfort-driven. And please hear me. It's not about my comfort. It's about my king. And all of God's people said, huge deal. I would just say optimism that denies reality is maybe another way to say this. Optimism that denies reality. Hey, I'm following Jesus. It's going to go great. If that's the message you've heard, like, follow Jesus, you'll have no more pains and struggles. Man, you've been sold a bill of goods, right? We're in a broken world, and God is walking us through this broken world, not around it. And there will be times of heartache along the way. Yeah, too self-focused, too comfort-driven. Maybe here's a third one. Too unprepared for the attacks of Satan. Too unprepared for the attacks of Satan. And the reality is, Peter had no clue. He was like, I I got this. I'm fine, and it's been great. Look at how well it's going. And and not even thinking Satan and the whispers and the attacks from the outside and people pointing and shaming and I'm fine. And underestimating the attack and the whisper of Satan is a massive stumbling block for us. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. May we recognize the war we're in as we say we are following Jesus and ready to make much of him. Three easy causes of stumbling, too self-focused, too comfort-driven, too unprepared. Let's just leave it at that. We could keep going on and on with a lot of reasons, but maybe those are the top three, right? And uh, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, Truly, truly, like amen, amen, like fact, fact, like you can so count on this. What I'm about to say is absolutely true. He says, truly, truly, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. He's talking to Peter, and it's the night of, and he's like, just so you know, the morning isn't going to come before you've denied me three times. Just a couple of hours from now. The rooster crows in the morning. And in fact, typically by what they would say, it was probably somewhere between midnight and 3 a.m. How'd you like to have that rooster hanging around your house, right? But around midnight to 3 a.m. and the rooster going off and he's like, I'm just telling you, like you're not going to hear that rooster before you've denied me three times. And uh, this is one of those moments as Jesus says it, if this is a movie where you have to hear the underlay of music that starts with this keyboard that's like ominous, you know, the um, and like there's a little bit of smoke and darkness in the area. Like you've got to feel the heaviness of this as Peter is just told, you're about ready to walk away. You're about ready to deny. Hang on. It's going to get pretty bad. The denial, the refusal of Jesus in the moment. Remember, this is when the people are like, you're one of them. As Jesus is being whipped and challenged and beaten, being prepared for the cross. And they're like, aren't you one of those disciples that was with him? And he's like, hey, not me. And Jesus fully aware of what's about to come. And he's prepping Peter for the hang on. You're saying you want to come with me and I'm great with that. And Peter will be thunderous in the church as Christ gives him amazing strength and resilience and forgiveness after all of this. But yeah, he's walking him through a prep. Hang on, man. It's not all in you. And it's not all in comfort. And you better know the whisper of Satan that's coming and the challenge of the world that's coming. Hang on. 
He's like, listen, Peter, you need to have your game face on. Get ready, guys. It's going to change now. Here we go. As Jesus is beginning to call him to follow to a tough, tough spot. You know, as I was looking for an illustrate this week on this, of what does it mean to, to be able to be prepared, to have your game face on, I thought, why not talk about the Bears? I mean, come on, they won one, right? And all of God's Bears fans say, that's right, man. Hey, that's 14 losses. For any of you jealous of that, man, 14 losses. They finally got one. And last week was like, honestly, the week before, they almost had it. They were up 28 to whatever, seven or something. They were destroying them in the first half. Second half, it all goes away. Why? Because they're sitting there thinking, what if? Because, because in the middle of the game, you're like, oh, can you imagine if we gave this up? We're like winning by so much. And then, and then it just becomes a little less, 28-14. And then a little less, 28-21. Then there's a fumble and a touchdown at 28-28. And there's a score tied. And then they have a chance to kick a field goal and they decide not to because who knows why. And, <laughs> and, and so then the other team kicks a field goal and wins the game. And everybody says, of course, Right? The bottom line is game face was not on. I'm telling you coming into the next game, they're like, we're winning at least one. Now we've got this. And there's a point where you got to start leaning on your coaches. You got to trust the plan that's at hand and you got to see what's going down. And I love this one spot in the game as they had scored the first touchdown and they were doing great. Some of you don't care about football. Don't care. Don't worry about it. We'll be past this in a sack. Okay. But they scored the first touchdown and all of a sudden they couldn't get into the end zone on the next one. And at that point, the coach said, Kick the field goal. And everybody from the week before who had seen him not said, amen. And he went and kicked the field goal. They went up 10-zip and they said, this is it. We're going to take this game and nobody's taking it away. And I'm not saying it didn't get a little soft in there at places, but they did their job in working hard. They grinded it out. They had a game face on and they said, we're not letting this one go. I'm just telling you, when you start asking what if in the middle of life, it softens you. And so as we get into our walk with Christ, do you have game face on? Or are you walking around saying, what if? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's going well now, but, I mean, but can you imagine if, and all of a sudden our fears begin to control us and our worries and anxieties begin to tear us up. Man, please hear me. There is a massive call from Christ to trust him in the face of whatever's going on. My God has this. Are we ready to trust Jesus Christ? Game face on, we are in. I'm ready to follow no matter what. Are you in? Really think about it. Lord, may I not stumble because I'm too self-focused, too comfort-driven, or too unprepared. I am ready for you to lead, and I will follow. I will follow. Man, if you're trusting him, just say it loud with me. I will follow. Loud with all you got. I will follow. Louder yet. I will follow. That's the battle cry, no matter what.
okay. Yeah, we have hope of Jesus Christ and we're gonna follow him in this world and into eternity. Praise God for that. Point number two, don't worry about eternity. Trust Jesus to have it all in hand. Don't worry about eternity. Trust Jesus to have it all in hand. Just imagine how this hit Peter as he's told, well, actually, Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. Imagine the hit and how hard it was. And so Jesus continues forward with some tender encouragement. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Like, guys, don't sweat this. Don't worry. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Do you hear how he's preparing them for the game? Believe in God. Believe also in me. I am right here with you guys. Trust me. This is the plan, and it is going to be unbelievable. Trust in your king and all that he is doing. Their fears are going to start raging. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Please hear me. Our fears can well within us. Our anxieties can take over as we start to stare at the problem instead of the problem solver. As we get our eyes fixed on our God, as we believe in him and count on him, it does start to take some of it down. May God get all the glory. He's like, listen, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be stirred. Don't let the anxieties roll. Don't let the fear take over. Trust, believe, watch God work. He's like, believe in me and believe in your king, God the Father. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms And he begins to talk about all that's going to be provided for them. He's like, God the Father has a house with many rooms. This is a very Jewish cultured uh, kind of hope and promise. He's like, listen, God the Father, he's got a huge property and he's got a massive home and he's got many rooms. Our Father is rich and he's got a plan. In our Father's house are many rooms, a place where there will be family and together and unity along the way. He says, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Like, I'm going to help build that place for you guys. Hang in there. Hang on while you follow. It may get a little tough. Hang on, boys. I'm going to prepare a place for you with your father's mansion in mind, and it is going to be massive and awesome. Just hang on. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He's like, I am going to be making an eternal home for you where we will spend forever. Think on that in the middle of this world. He says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. Jesus is like, I want to make this really clear, guys. Where I'm going, you can't come but I'm coming back. And there is going to be a bring it all together and bring it all home. And there is going to be a massive celebration in eternity. Know this. The hope we have is that Jesus is coming again. 
And all of God's people said, Know this, our King of Kings died as Lamb of God and rose again. He covered our sin, he covered our death, and he's not done. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is going to storm into this world. He is going to be bringing us home to glory. May Christ get all the praise. He is King of Kings, and he is coming again. This is our hope. This is who we believe in, the one who has eternity in hand. And all of God's people said, that's what he's saying. Amen, man. Huge deal. He's like, yeah, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again to take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's like, I know your heart is stirring, Peter. I know the rest of you are reeling right now. There's a plan at hand that is going to rock the centuries. Trust me. Hang on. A place is being prepared and we are going to spend forever together, you and me. We are going to be worshiping with our king forever. We are going to be celebrating with our God. No more pain no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more loss, no more death, with God getting all the glory. That's what is to come forever with Jesus Christ. May he get all the praise. This is our hope. May we follow him here and follow him all the way into eternity. May Jesus get all the glory. And all of God's people said, just so you know, Jesus here is giving a thunderous image. He's talking to the Jewish people, and we talked a little bit about this in the Revelation series, but what he's actually doing here is he's giving a storyline of the bride and the groom, okay? And so what happens in the wedding in the Jewish culture is the groom is talking to the bride. There's an agreement together as they, they align together and say, okay, we're going to get married. Now they're betrothed. That's like our engagement on steroids, okay? Betrothed. It's like engaged, all right? And so there's the groom getting engaged, promised, betrothed. And then he goes back to the father's house. It's a very kind of farmer's culture and agrarian culture. And he builds on to the father's house there, maybe a separate building, maybe a room on as he's building out and making space for. It takes time. And the bride is waiting. And while she's waiting, actually, one of the things they would do is light candles and kind of keep a moment and remember. And it could take a while. But as he's building the room and getting it prepared, when it's all said, he and the father agree together and he comes back to get the bride. And when he gets the bride, he brings her home to this new place. And there is a massive celebration of oneness and togetherness, a huge celebrate together, them together as one in this deep relationship. And then after that, there is a wedding feast like you would not believe. Jesus is like, hang on, boys. I'm the groom. You're the bride. I'm going to prepare a place. And when it's prepped, I am coming back and I am going to get you and we are going home to celebrate a oneness like you would not believe. Family forever. And there's going to be a massive celebrate along the way. He's like, hang on. The Father's got a plan. That's what he's talking about here. 
This is our king, and we as the church are his bride, and he is coming again. Do you know this God? Are you trusting in this king? This is our hoped for one. This is the one who has eternity in hand, and he's preparing a place for you. Hear me. If you know Jesus Christ as Savior, he loves you, and he is building a place for you, and he is going to come again and bring you home. May he get all the glory. This is our hope. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ? Are you looking to him as your groom to return for you the bride and bring you home forever to his father's house? This is our promise and our hope. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen, man. Point number three. Abide. Abide in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Abide in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, and you know the way to where I am going. Remember, these guys are borderline clueless. Right? He's like, I'm going away and you can't come with. And Peter's like, where are you going? And why can't I go? What are you talking about? And he's like, you know the way to where we're going. I love this moment. Thomas said, so Thomas now is like, all right, I got this one. Hang on. He says, Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Don't you love it? I mean, and Thomas, he decides he's speaking for everybody. Peter's like, I can go. I don't know about them. Thomas is like, I'll speak for all of us. Huh? Like, we do not know where you're going. What are you talking about? Lord, we're so confused. And then he says, how can we know the way? Like, if we don't know where you're going, I don't think we have the directions. What do we do with this? Jesus said to him, Thomas, picture a smile on Jesus' face as everything goes tender and he leans in a little as he puts his hand to his chest or whatever and he says, I am the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. This isn't about a road map. This is about a relationship. Do you know the king of the universe? Do you know the God who has stepped into this world and is standing among you right now? I am the way. Admit your sin and set it down. Believe in me as God Almighty and ultimately as risen from the dead. Believe. and Confess him as Lord. Jesus says, I am the way. Please hear me. He does not say, I am a way. Everybody say, not that. I am the way. I am the God of the universe. Trust in me. I alone am your hope. Count on me. Look to me. Confess me as your Lord. He says, I am the way, the only way. And I am the truth and I am the life. He's like, I am the path, the way. 
I am the reality, the truth. And I am your hope forever with God, the life. I am everything you could imagine. Hang on. It's going to blow your mind what comes next, guys. Hang with me. Then he says, no one comes to the Father but by me. So in case you were misunderstanding, I am the way, the truth, and the life only. Let's have Jesus make it clear, right? And he says, listen, no one comes to the Father but by me. It's Jesus only. Everybody say Jesus only. Louder and bigger. Jesus only. That's our hope. He's our direction. He's the one we follow. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. He's like, you're kind of missing who I am, guys. You're still sort of missing it, standing right in front of you. And if you knew that I was the God of the universe, you would know God the Father. You're sort of missing who I am, but it's being revealed to you right now in front of you that I am the one preparing your way, that I am the one giving you life eternal. I am your hope. He says, so from now on, you do know him, the Father, and have seen him. As you look at the Son, you know the Father. Remember, he had just said a couple weeks back, he said, to know me is to know the Father. He's like, I am the expression of God fully in the flesh. I am the exact representation of God the Father. I am him lived out in all of my love, in all of my tenderness, in all of my humility, in all of my sacrifice, in all of my power, in all of my authority. I am God the Father embodied right in front of you. God the Son. Do you believe? Are you with me? May God get all the glory. This is who we're called to follow. This is who we're called to abide with forever. This is who we're called to believe in when the times get hard. This is who we're called in to trust for eternity when today is not that great. Are you ready to lean on your king? No matter what, game face on, I will abide with you. I will live with you. I will rest in you. And I will celebrate forever who you are. I believe in God the Father. And I trust Jesus Christ. And I will abide with the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And all of God's people said, this is our call. Imagine how sobering it was for those disciples as they were for the first time hearing it. Lord God, like it's the first time, wake our souls up to who you are. May you get all my praise and all my glory.
And all of God's people said, let's pray. 